Hello, everybody, and welcome. You are listening to the Preparedness Breakdown Podcast, a no-nonsense approach to everything preparedness. My name is Terry, and I am your host here on The Breakdown. For those of you who don't know me, I have a background in the fire service where I have worked as a professional career firefighter and paramedic. I have also served a couple years in the military, and I have spent the better part of the last 25 to 30 years learning and prepping in some form or another. I currently own a preparedness supply company and serve as an instructor in many disciplines, including firearms and medical training. So with that covered, let's get started with today's episode of the Preparedness Breakdown. Today is Saturday, March 26, 2022, and this is Episode 12 Alpha. Here's the real deal. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Preparedness Breakdown. Today, we're going to talk about some of the misconceptions that we come across in the preparedness community and how to avoid letting yourself fall into the trap of feeling like you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to do the other. Here's the real deal. Way back in Episode 1 Alpha, The Journey, Well, not so way back, we talked about how preparedness was a journey, how there was an overwhelming amount of information, concepts, equipment, things you need to do to be prepared, and how each person is at a different point in their journey. Some folks are just beginning. Some folks are well on their way to having a good handle on it. For me, I don't think I will ever truly get there as I am always learning, acquiring new equipment and skills, and advancing down that road. Even though I have learned a great deal to this point, I still feel like I have a long, long way to go. The path that I began to becoming prepared has brought me through a plethora of different ideas and concepts, things I needed to learn and figure out for myself. What was good and what wasn't. You will have to figure out that stuff for yourself also. But today, I'm going to tell you about some of the things I had to learn the hard way. And hopefully you can learn from some of my mistakes and be one step ahead of where I was at. One of the first things I noticed about prepping is the label that gets slapped on you, or rather that we slap on ourselves. I find it interesting that to some, being a prepper has a bad connotation, and to others, it's a badge of honor. For me, it is the latter. But I also find it annoying that people like to label others as either a prepper or not. Some folks like to think that in order to be a prepper, you have to have this item or that. You have to have a bug out location somewhere in the boondocks or have a bunker somewhere hidden and discreet. This is far from the truth. All it is to be a prepper is that you have to have a mindset of wanting or needing to be ready for something, whatever that may be, and to start putting some supplies back and getting some additional knowledge and skills. That's it. Please, don't let other people try to put you down or make you think less of your situation just because they may be farther along than you or if they have a large supply of preps. Some people who have been prepping for a while get to think that they are the cat's meow when it comes to being the who's who of the prepping world. These folks are no better than you or I. They put their pants on one leg at a time just like we do, and they started at the same place you did. So what about having to have this item or that item? Yes, There are some basic things you should have, the specifics of which are completely up to you. 
what brand you buy, what type you get, how many to have. Those are all decisions you will have to make on your own based on your own situation. These things will change from time to time and evolve. A couple of years back, I was involved with a group and we were doing a training at a location we acquired in a city. We had planned on this being a two-day event, so on the first night, we went to a hotel that was somewhat close to the location. Early the next morning, I was awakened by the police telling me my truck had been broken into. They also tried to steal my enclosed trailer that was full of stuff, but they couldn't get the trailer out from behind the truck. Nonetheless, they had, in fact, broken into my truck and stole all of that which was in the back of the truck. This included all of my tools and a couple of bug out bags we had in there, one of which was carrying my survival rifle that I inherited when my dad passed away. This event was a loss of about $10,000 with the added disheartening feeling of knowing I would never see my dad's rifle again. As I went through the list of items, especially when it came to the bug out bag, I realized that to some degree, this had been a blessing in disguise. Many of the items that I had in that bug out bag, many of the items that I had in that bag were there because, well, that's what all the guru preppers said I needed to be in there. At this point, I was well into my prepping journey and knew a thing or two, but not much more than two. Anyway, I realized that some of the stuff I had in there, I didn't need at all. And some things needed a major upgrade. Through your prepping journey, you will find things that you thought were great in the beginning and then come to understand that maybe they aren't so great. I think it is important for you to always be looking to improve your situation, your preps, and your equipment. If you think you have a nice item now, and you come across a great item, you may consider upgrading to the better version and keeping your nice item as a backup. In the case with my bug out bag, it was starting over from scratch, just with a little more knowledge and experience to put into it. This has made a world of difference in the way I prep and the items that I acquire. It has also helped me to focus on the specific items that I carry at Iowa Preparedness Supply. One quick example of that. I had the opportunity to get a good deal on some ferro rods from one of my suppliers. Now, they are okay ferro rods. They are fairly inexpensive, but they'll do the trick. Not much different than some of the ones you would find at a camping store, Wally World, or one of the other big box retailers. But then I came across and learned of a ferro rod that blew the other ones I had completely out of the time zone. The Blackbeard ferro rod was like a Ferrari sitting next to a Ford Pinto or a Yugo. There was just no comparison when you looked at the material, composition, performance, versatility, and effectiveness of this ferro rod. I want to carry premier products so that my prepping customers will have quality and peace of mind when they get a product from me. I want them to know that when it truly matters, the equipment they have will stand up to the test. So the mediocre ferro rods, well, they got clearanced out, and the blackbeards are the ones I will carry going forward. That is, of course, until a more superior product comes along to take its place. Another thing I came across is the idea that you have to learn wilderness survival. In most survival groups or circles, people pride themselves on what skills they have, and you are judged by the amount of knowledge and skills you have in that realm of being a survivalist. Can you start a fire with a bowstring drill? Can you build a shelter out of small trees, vines, and leaves? Can you fish with a spear? Can you build an amazing bird trap, fish basket, or set a snare trap? Can you survive alone or naked and afraid? Whether you can or you can't, who cares? 
Whether or not you have those skills or not, who cares? The survivalists like to refer to these skills as bushcrafting. Some even become experts in the bushcrafting world. I know what I'm about to say may ruffle a few feathers, but I really don't care. I'm a realist, and I like to look at the realistic side of things. Okay, so I am not saying that it is not good to have knowledge of bushcrafting skill sets, but realistically, when would you ever find yourself in those situations? Unless you're an avid adventurer who frequently goes to remote locales, the likelihood that you would ever need to use those skills is rare at best. And the part that really gets my goat is that these people make you feel like you are worthless if you don't know them. Like you have no business prepping if you don't learn these skills. Keep an eye out from here on forward and see how much these types of skills and bushcrafting in general is promoted as essential skills to have to be a prepper or survivalist. Personally, I think most of us are much better off learning the skills of forcible entry. Now, disclaimer, I would never advocate for stealing, breaking and entering, or any other illegal act or crime. But learning how to survive by knowing how to get shelter or food from a source that is readily available is also a great skill set to have. I have said this before. If you live in an urban area or semi-urban area where you can walk less than 10 miles in any direction and run into a car, a house, a barn, or other shelter, then all you have to do is find a way to access the interior and you have an already built existing structure to provide you with shelter from the elements. The possibility of there being food and or water in or around these structures is fairly probable given the area that you may be in or live in. Learning how to access these through forcible entry techniques can be invaluable to your survival. Do you know how to pick locks? To force doors or windows? To breach walls? Do you have tools accessible to you that provide you the capability to get into places? Bolt cutters, wire cutters, axes, battery-operated reciprocating saw, battery-operated angle grinder, battery-operated vent saw with a carbide blade, a halligan bar for all of my knowledgeable firefighting friends out there. These are all tools that if you have them or have the ability to have them during an emergency, may help save your life by giving you access to the things you need to help keep you sheltered and nourished. Yes, I know that you will not be able to carry most of these things on your person, but having the ability to have access to them ahead of time may do wonders for you. Even having the knowledge of how to use these things may give you insight when you find yourself in a position where you need to improvise. If you don't know what I'm talking about, try to drum up some old episodes of MacGyver and get yourself some television education. And now, a word from our sponsor. The Preparedness Breakdown is sponsored by Iowa Preparedness Supply. Iowa Preparedness Supply provides emergency preparedness supplies, products, items, and training to individuals, families, and groups of all sizes. Any natural or man-made disaster can be difficult to navigate. However, those who plan ahead of time and are prepared have a greater chance overcoming the challenges associated with a long or short-term disaster. Plainly put, failing to plan is planning to fail. That is why... Iowa Preparedness Supply wants to get the supplies, equipment, and training you need into your hands at a reasonable cost. We offer items like solar-powered flashlights, fire starters, emergency medical supplies, essential oils, ballistic armor, smoke grenades, less-than-lethal rubber ball and pepper ball guns, water filters, gas masks, and firearm laser training products, just to name a few. We also offer group training in the areas of communications, security, emergency medical, 
preparedness, group and team dynamics, and firearms training. You can reach us by visiting our website at www.iowapreparednesssupply.com, by phone at 712-600-4509, or by sending us an email at info at iowapreparednesssupply.com. Okay, so let's get back to our discussion. Let's talk about that bug out location that is an absolute requirement for all the preppers. Can you hear the sarcasm? I hope so. The prepping world will tell you you have to have some elaborate secret bug out location or bunker hidden deep in no man's land in order for you to be a legitimate prepper. I'm here to tell you that is a huge misconception that a lot of the expert preppers want you to believe. The fact of the matter is, most preppers don't have a bug-out location at all, and rightly so. Many are planning on bugging in. To me, this makes a lot more sense. I mean, all of your preps are right there with you. If it were me, I needed to bug out. I would literally have to use one or more enclosed trailers and have pickup trucks to pull them with. No, the best place to be, if you can, is to bug in. Now let me add a caveat or two. If you live in a city, urban center, or metropolitan area, then yes, you should plan to have a place to bug out too because your current location will get compromised easier. And even if you do plan on bugging in, you should have a contingency plan to have an alternative place to go if your current place is in jeopardy. That doesn't mean it has to be some super fortress underground 300 miles from civilization and completely off-grid. Speaking of off-grid, why do we need to live off-grid? Or more specifically, why is there a huge push for you to be a prepper that you need to be off-grid. Look, as a prepper, I wholeheartedly believe in the concept of self-sufficiency and self-reliance. I think it is important to have those skills and be able to provide for yourself as much as you can. I also believe that if you can practice those skills often, then you should. But I also think that there is no need to make things harder on yourself than it needs to be. Living off-grid may have its rewards, but it is also a ton of work. Being prepared does not mean you have to give up on technology or technological advances. The horse and buckboard was once a great way to move supplies from one point to another. If I can do the same thing in my Ford pickup truck and a trailer, I'm going to do it. I don't have to revert back to the late 1800s to get the same job done. I get the whole being out from under the thumb of the government thing, and I agree. But just because you want to be prepared, it doesn't mean that you have to strive to live without electricity or some modern conveniences. I would love to eventually live off-grid, so to speak, if I was able to produce my own electricity, fuel, food, etc. But in the meantime, having a combination of both being partially off-grid and partially on-grid works. Neither I nor you are any less of a prepper because of it. Some people who say they want to live off-grid, they don't even have a clue what that truly means. And they only say it or profess it because of how it will look in the eyes of other prepping experts. It all comes down to this. Don't worry about what other people think of you and what you are doing from a prepping perspective. You do what is best for you and your situation. Strive to constantly learn. Strive to constantly upgrade your equipment and supplies. And don't worry about catching up with others or how long it will take you to get where you want to be. Be consistent. Be persistent. And remember, slow and steady wins the race. 
And that will bring us to our kit collection segment. In the kit collection segment, we select and review one or more items of kit or gear that is a good item to have as part of your collection of prepping items or preps. So when I say kit, I am talking about all of the gear, loadout, clothing, equipment, and preps that you have and will acquire and can use in an incident should one occur. Kit collection. The item we have selected for today's kit collection segment is obviously the Blackbeard Ferro Rod. This is the ultimate ferro rod. It has an extra large one and a half inch by five inch rod that produces a massive shower of sparks at over 5,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It is waterproof, windproof, and altitude proof. You will get up to 20,000 strikes. The included striker has a built-in bottle opener, ruler, and scraper end. It has an anti-rust protective coating and over seven feet of paracord. The Blackbeard Ferro Rod is available on the Iowa Preparedness Supply website at www.iowapreparednesssupply.com. A link to the Blackbeard Ferro Rod on the Iowa Preparedness Supply website has been included in the show notes listed below in the episode description. Announcement. We made this announcement last week and we're going to make it again here this week. And that is to let everyone here in Iowa know about an event that is coming up in the middle of May. The Facebook group, Iowa Preppers, is hosting a meetup called Iowa Preppers Weekend, being held May 20th to the 22nd at Ledges State Park near Boone, Iowa. It is open to all and will include folks sharing their prepping ideas and knowledge with the other attendees. It is a great opportunity for you to get out there and meet like-minded people. Camping spots are still available and run $14 per night for basic sites and $20 per night for electric sites. Iowa Preparedness Supply and the Preparedness Breakdown will be attending and participating in this event. Even if you don't want to camp, you can come out during the day and participate in the event. We hope you will join us as we look forward to a great time collaborating with other preppers. So today, we covered some misconceptions and thoughts about being a prepper and presented the next kit collection item, the Blackbeard Ferro Rod. I hope this was informational for you and that you can apply it to your own situation. All right, that will wrap it up for episode 12 alpha. Here's the real deal. Hey, if you are enjoying this podcast, I would encourage you to help us out by doing a couple of things. One, like and follow us. Two, spread the word and tell others what you are getting out of this podcast. Three, participate with us by commenting and discussing this podcast with us and others on Patreon or our Facebook group, helping us to build a community of preparedness-minded people. Four, you can also help us out financially. The simple fact is this. The podcast requires funds to produce it. If the funds are not available, the podcast will not be able to keep going. If you are receiving value from the podcast, I would encourage you to help keep this podcast going by making a donation on the Iowa Preparedness Supply website or by joining the P38 Club on our Patreon site. Subscribers will have access to exclusive content and specials when they become available, and you will receive a monthly discount equal to your subscription amount for purchases on the Iowa Preparedness Supply website. That gives you the opportunity to get your subscription fees back while still enjoying exclusive content and access. You will also be included in special access to discussions with myself and have input into future content for the podcast. I really hope you will consider helping us out in these ways. 
You can find us on Facebook, Bullhorn, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audible, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, Player FM, Listen Notes, and wherever else you listen to your favorite podcast. You can visit our website at thepreparednessbreakdown.com or hear us via the embedded player at iowapreparednesssupply.com. Again, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your neighbors about this podcast that's dedicated to preparedness. You can also reach us by sending an email to info at thepreparednessbreakdown.com. You can find links to our websites, Patreon, contact information, and other show information in the show notes listed below in the episode description. And that will do it for this episode of The Preparedness Breakdown. Until next time, stay vigilant, keep learning, and keep preparing.